0: The Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast, Episode 24. The Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast. It won't make your love life better, it won't make you more successful financially, and it won't make your bleached mullet worth the effort you put into it. But if you listen carefully, you might just end up a better person, and maybe those other things will follow or not. Whatever. And now, the Disgruntled Life Coach Podcast. Before we start today, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who gave to their favorite animal rescue, our Humane Society, in Betty White's name on her birthday earlier this month. I hope that becomes an annual thing for you, and I hope that more people get on board too, because these animals, and the people who advocate for them, need your assistance. In fact, if you're thinking about getting a cat or a dog soon, get a rescued animal. Consider an animal with special medical needs or a senior animal while you're at it. They deserve a comfortable home too. Don't buy a breed, adopt a friend for life. I mean, I'm your friend, but you can't afford me, and I'm not house trained. Today we're going to delve into why you don't need most of the stuff you have. You're simply warehousing stuff that someone else wants or can use, and it actually may negatively affect your life and the way you think. I wish I were making this up, but you know, deep in your ridiculous beanie baby brain, that all that shit in your garage and in your basement is always on your mind, and not in that loving Willie Nelson kind of way. Let's talk about why you don't need to have all the stuff that you do have. Because there's no real definition for this today, I'm going to define hoarding instead. Now, stay with me, because you are likely not a hoarder, And there is a fine line here that we want to talk about and a concept will certainly help to clarify what I'm saying. Hoarding is defined generally as to amass money or objects, to hide or store away, to reserve in the mind for future use. Now we'll talk a bit about the pathology of the mental disorder to illustrate, but this is really about you living your best life with less physical and mental clutter and being, you know, less greedy. Let's look at some quotations for a bit of context. The first quotation comes to us out of antiquity and is credited to Decimus Junius Juvenalis, better known simply as Juvenal, who was a scribe and poet of some renown in the 2nd century AD. His style was primarily satire and critiqued arbitrary government tyranny, corruption, the degradation of public morals, and other subjects, and this caused his exile from Rome for many years. He is credited with saying, An excess of hoarded wealth is the death of many. We're going to talk to more than just the wealth in the general sense during this episode but note how seriously this issue was taken even almost 2,000 years ago. So yeah, greed, you look really fucking good for your age. Our next quotation comes from a much more modern source, Friedrich Nietzsche. He was a 19th century German philosopher, writer, and cultural critic whose work still resonates today. Although deeply anti-Semitic and anti-nationalist, his sister's edited versions of some of his unpublished work put him in an undeserved German nationalist spotlight for some years. His contribution to this quote fest says, The mother of excess is not joy, but joylessness. We'll talk more about the existential quality of joylessness later. Kidding. No, we won't. Our final quote comes from Wendell Berry, an American novelist, poet, essayist, environmental activist, cultural critic, and interestingly, a farmer. His writings and lectures are so highly regarded and influential that in 2015 he became the first living writer to be inducted into the Kentucky Writers Hall of Fame. He said, Don't own so much clutter that you will be relieved to see your house catch fire. Although this may be funny, the truth is some people are hurtling towards some form of this reality and We're gonna tell you how to fix it before it gets too bad. Let's get started. So, what are we really looking at today? Well, here's the thing. If there are more self-storage facilities open in your city than affordable housing, it's likely we're in an epidemic. It has nothing to do with viruses, but has everything to do with all of us buying too much stuff. This hyperconsumerism uses resources, releases greenhouse gases, is a human rights disaster for workers in countries with questionable rights laws, and on top of this, is bad for your mental health. Dr. Kristen Fuller, a physician, clinical mental health writer and author who specializes in addiction, talks about clutter and overconsumption in her work. Uncontrolled consumer impulses, emotional attachment to things, Sentimental keepsakes, fear of getting rid of things, the need to hold on to past memories are some of the many reasons why we tend to infuse our belongings into our emotions, she says. Continuing, when your home is filled with physical clutter, it can lead you to feel that your home is your enemy rather than your sanctuary, which can overall negatively affect your well-being. And listen, I've seen your garbage bag full of beanie babies, so yeah, I'm looking directly at you. The other problem with this storage situation is the possibility that you are on the border of a newly recognized neurological disorder called Hoarding Syndrome. Now, collections, like your beautifully displayed yet fucking horrific collection of Disney Princess mini spoons may fall outside of that as, according to an article titled Finders Keepers, the features differentiating Hoarding Disorder from Normative Collecting, published by Comprehensive Psychiatry, that says, in part, although both hoarders and collectors exhibit the acquisition of attachment to, and reluctance to, discard objects, collectors were additionally more focused in their acquisitions, more likely to organize their possessions, and less likely to accumulate in an excessive manner. So collecting bean bags, or pet rocks, or eight track tapes, whatever group of stupid items, is essentially just your pressure release valve. But just keeping stuff because it's stuff, you, it, that leads to real problems, and may even expose even deeper problems down the road. Yep, as always with me, it gets worse. Of interest is that the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, also known as DSM-5, recently added hoarding disorder as a diagnosable condition, but hoarding itself is also listed as one of the diagnostic criteria for obsessive-compulsive disorder. But it gets even darker when other psychoses are linked, like experiential... Avoidance. This is defined as the phenomenon that occurs when a person is unwilling to remain in contact with particular private experiences like emotions, thoughts and memories, and take steps to alter the form or frequency of these events and the context that occasion them. This, according to a paper titled Experiential Avoidance and Behavior Disorders, a Functional Dimensional Approach to Diagnostics and Treatment, published in the Journal of Consulting and Clinical Psychology, written by Hayes et al., even going further, these manifestations may increase the risk of post-traumatic stress disorder in people who have experienced severe trauma, this according to Matthew Tull, a professor of psychology at the University of Toledo, specializing in post-traumatic stress disorder. It has also been linked to other pathologies, such as anxiety, and we talked about this in my last episode, generalized anxiety, high-risk sexual behavior, substance abuse, and several others. So all this starts because you decide to keep a box of broken tape decks because they are worth maybe something and possibly fixable, and another giant box of glass power pole insulators that would make a great side table or some goddamn thing, etc, etc. Eventually, even getting rid of all that crap seems like too much of a challenge, and now you've attached guilt and failure to the equation. So ask yourself... Is your mental health worth less than a box of junk that keeps you from enjoying your life? I mean, I'm not really asking. I know because I'm a fucking life coach. But you have to recognize your own slow descent into madness and be willing to make some changes. And you know what? I have some ideas. The first step is to take stock of your situation. If you're parking your $30,000 car outside your garage because it's filled with $75 worth of yard sale trash, you need to change. If there are boxes in your basement you haven't opened literally in years and you don't know what's in them, you need to change. But don't look at this whole problem as like a one act play. Take small chunks. Take one room in your house, throw out or recycle stuff that's broken or garbage and give away the stuff that you aren't using but someone else could use. And most importantly, stop bringing new stuff into your house, just just stop. It's like quitting smoking sometimes, I, I get it. But you need to start putting yourself first and your unused and useless clutter last. Next, stop thinking about the clutter as just stuff and see it for the health hazard that it can be dust mites, chemical substances, and fire hazards all mask as harmless clutter. If you know you have clutter that may contain objects or substances that pose a danger, deal with those first, for sure. Make a schedule and work at the problem for, say, I don't know, 15 minutes a day until you get a handle on it. And despite the playful naivete of Marie Kondo and others, a professional organizer may be the kind of kickstarter you need for motivation. Remember, if they say jump, You say how many boxes or something, I don't know, I got nothing. But really, if you reach out for help, listen to the people who are supposed to be helping you. And finally, don't feel like you're failing, even if the process is going more slowly than anticipated. And if you're helping someone through this, don't be a judgmental asshole like I am. It's a slow process of realization and lifestyle change that really only brings lasting results over time. Be patient, be kind with yourself and others, and especially, be realistic. But honestly, acting on this before it gets worse has a long-term and long-lasting results that will make you happier and better in bed. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just happier. Okay, that's it for this episode. As always, I'll leave you with a disgruntled nugget in a second. But first, I want to thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to this podcast; I'm on all the major platforms. And please visit dub 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 dot podcasts. dot ca for all my podcasts. Yes, dub dub dub, still not resolved. Sorry. Please also follow me on Twitter at life disgruntled. There's a link on my website. DM me if you want some stickers. I'm I'm not even kidding. Just ask for some goddamn stickers. Also. If you like what you've heard today, tell your friends. If you think this is ridiculous, still tell your friends. I mean, how hard is that? Discutled Nugget Ancient philosopher Lao Tzu once said, Manifest plainness, embrace simplicity, reduce selfishness, have few desires. This was simplified further by 20th century clutter master himself, Albert Einstein, who said, Out of clutter, find simplicity. Even more recently, 21st century productivity and simplicity expert Leo Babuta said, Simplicity boils down to two things. Identify the essential and eliminate the rest. So, to conquer our clutter, we must embrace plainness, boil our essentials and reduce our selfishness so that we have fewer desires to simplify or something, I don't know, whatever. Again, thanks for listening, and thanks also to Audionautics and Partners in Rhyme for music and sound effects. Thanks again to Neatnik for visuals, and thanks for your patience. See you in two weeks, or not, whatever.